change. Hmm. We've been talking about this idea where we tell everybody, take care. Don't we send everybody and say, hey, take care. You ever find yourself doing that? Take care. Have a good day. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Don't we often do that? But I kind of think that we in the church maybe have slipped a cog, if you will, because in the Bible, Jesus said that we are supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And I think we maybe forget that. And so Pastor Jerry has been preaching on Sundays about what we're calling self-care. John Wesley called it soul care, or soul therapy, actually, is what he called it. Um, we've been talking about these things, and I get to wrap up this sermon series. You know, uh, back after Jesus left, uh, ascended to heaven, and he left his disciples here on earth, Christianity was not called Christianity. It was simply called the way. It was a movement. And I'm hoping today that we are going to be able to put into practice uh, some things, a few more things. And, and you know what? Today, let's just face it. Today, I'm just going to go there. Pastor Dan may be meddling a little bit, okay? But I believe that these are things that we need to begin paying attention to, that we as the body of Christ need to put into practice so that we can practice the way, living the way that God intended for us. Do you know that um, oftentimes people make a mistake? Hi, I'm sorry. Lily, is that you? I haven't seen you in forever. I'm sorry, one of my friends is here this morning from a long time ago. And I just saw her, and I haven't seen her forever. And the family, good morning, good morning. Sorry. Oh, wow. Wow, God bless you. Um, so when, when we as the body of Christ put these things into practice, we are living into what God designed us as human beings to be. Did you know that we were designed to live a certain way? Did you know that? Did you know that we were designed to get... Now, Dr. Fred can attest to this. He's a medical doctor. We were designed to get sleep and have rest and feed our bodies correct food, right? Not just cake and ice cream all the time. Did you know that? There are some things that we maybe, because we want to emphasize the spiritualness of who we are as beings, but there are things that maybe we have ignored and to practice living into what it really means to be human really means for us to go back to that original design. Now, I'm not saying you got to eat nuts and twigs and, and grass and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying all that, okay? I'm not saying all that. But God's word does tell us what we can do. So I want us to turn in our Bibles first to Mark chapter 12, okay? And... Um, we're going to remember, I believe Pastor Jerry brought this scripture out early on in this series, but I want to remind us. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, being them is the disciples and Jesus talking. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. Oops, see, I told you we were going to get, I told you we were going to get a little messed up with this. When Jesus heard this, he said, you answered wisely. Let me see if I can find myself in my notes here. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to them, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. I think it's kind of interesting that when Jesus brings up the point to the teacher of the law. Now, remember, Jesus was called rabbi by his disciples. But the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, did not regard Jesus as a rabbi. You guys get that, right? I mean, I have to tell you this. I'm 48 years old. I'll be 49 in a couple months. I'm getting really close to 50, and I'm amazed at how much I don't know. But every once in a while, God's Holy Spirit speaks to me. And I'll tell you what, when I was doing this uh, sermon up, one of the things that I remembered was that the Pharisees never considered Jesus a rabbi. But here in this case, Jesus answers this question And following that answer, the Bible tells us they didn't question him anymore. Now, the only time that happened is when you gave such a good answer that the rabbis, they're like, A, one, we're not going to bother with this guy anymore. Or B, two, this guy knows more than we do. What do you think it was? Yeah, I'm going with two. Well, Jesus summarizes basically all the commandments that were ever given. If you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, if you go back and look at what Moses brought to them in the Ten Commandments and the laws and all that stuff, Jesus brings them back, and they're all actually right here contained in this little passage. Everything we need to know is in the rule of life that Jesus gives us. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about take care, soul care, soul therapy. We're talking about developing a rule of life to live by. Now, I I honestly believe that we have, and by we, I mean the church, me included, God's church here in the United States have done an enormous disservice to his design of humanity. How many of us have looked at somebody, we've made a mistake, and we've said, oh, I'm only human. And we blame maybe some of our shortcomings on our humanness, and we forget that our humanness, that God restoring our humanness, it was all designed to be perfect, right? How we lived life, being a human being, was not meant to be the way that it is. It's only because sin has entered into this earth and distorted that image of God within us. And, and I believe we have messed it up because we've forgotten there's three parts to this command. Because Jesus says there's this command and then the second. But that second has that little third part. And so we are to love God. We are to love others. And we are to love and care for ourselves. And we're not talking about selfishness, okay? This is not selfishness. This is about taking care of yourself because you have a purpose. Each and every one of us have a purpose. Nothing that God has created was ever created without a purpose to serve or a purpose for to do something else. Did you know that? I believe Pastor Jerry's talked to us about that a couple of times. We are designed 
to love God and love others. But if we are not cared for, we can't do that properly. So we got to understand a few things. So we may be going to school today a little bit, just a little bit, I promise. I'll try not to make it too, too much. But um, we are created in the image of God. And that has throughout history been talked about in different ways. But you know what? When we begin this journey of having a relationship with God, when we make a decision to turn towards God and away from sin, when we make that decision to make Jesus Christ become Lord of our life, he begins to do something within us through the Holy Spirit. As we allow him to make changes, remember Douglas talked about making changes, they're, they're not always that easy, are they? Some of them were like, eh, I don't know. I remember as a teenager, a young teenager, I had a, um, I had a stereo in my room that had an eight-track player, okay? That's, yeah. Some of you know what that is. Yeah, right? So on the top was the record player, and then it had the radio and a cassette deck and an eight, a place to stick the eight-track, okay? And on this eight-track were some comedians, and they were hilarious, Okay? And they talked about all sorts of different things. But one of the things that they talked about is how God wants to change our lives. And oftentimes, we don't want him to. And we tend to compartmentalize our lives. We have our church life here on Sunday morning. We have our family life at home afterwards and throughout the week. We have our work life when we're at work. We have our, our gym life if we go to the gym. You know, We have these different compartments of life. But the thing of it is, God didn't design us to be compartmentalized. He designed us to be whole. Right? And so when we begin to make this journey with Jesus, when we begin to allow him to change us from the inside out, we actually become citizens of heaven. The Bible tells us that. We become citizens of heaven, and we are now foreigners here on earth. We ask God to do a deeper work within us, to reconcile us to him. We want him to repair that sin-broken image within us. So that, not just to repair us, not just so that we get to heaven, but so we can fulfill the purpose he, which he designed us for, right? Loving God and loving others, being in right relationship with him, being in right relationship with each other, and being in right relationship with ourself. So could we agree this morning that maybe we as the church haven't quite got this yet. Could we agree on that? As we prepare ourselves this morning to hear what the Holy Spirit has for us to hear, I think maybe we've lost what it means to be human. We've turned it into something that it's not, and we forget that to be human is to carry within us the shalom, the complete and perfect peace of God. I think today we need to reclaim that as a body. We need to reclaim that as a body. So let's go to school here for a moment. Um, you know, we're made in the image of God and there've been differing interpretations as to what that means. Um, early in Christianity, uh, things were thought of as having two parts. There was the, the physical and the spiritual. Okay. 
Um, and uh, maybe we, we kind of miss a little piece of this in there in that this doesn't account for everything. But if you really look at the history of the church, everything that was physical was bad and everything that was spiritual was good. They, you know, the divine was good. The body was bad. All of these different kinds of things. But, you know, I was listening to Pastor Jerry's sermons here a few weeks ago, and he reminded me that even though we're physical and intellectual, everything is spiritual. There's a spiritual side to us that will never go away. And there's a little bit more to us than just physical bodies. I, as, a, as a kid, I remember watching Star Trek, the original Star Trek okay, on the TV in the 70s, okay? And I remember one of the episodes where they ran into something and this something referred to the, the, the people on the, the Enterprise as ugly bags of mostly water. <laughs> now, you got to realize that's kind of true, you know? We are flesh bags contained lots of water in here, lots of fluids. I am swollen with fluids today, okay? Just know that. I have drank more water than most of you probably today. I'm just kidding. I'm this big whether I drink water or not. But you know what? The thing of it is is that there is a physical side to us. God designed us with that physical body. God designed us with a spirit. God designed us with a little bit more to that. And Pastor Jerry has talked about all these different things. Taking Sabbath rest. Our physical bodies need rest. And I'm not just talking about the sleep you need on a daily basis. We'll get to that today. But I'm, all, I'm talking about rest from your just your normal everyday doings. We need to take rest. Sabbath, Right? Pastor Jerry talked about how that can be spiritual. And, and last week he talked about how leaning into play and hobbies and vacation and all of that kind of thing. We need that, right? We need that. Now, I like to think of my golf as hobby, right? You know, um, I, I play with Charlie and sometimes with Jim when Jim is here uh, with us. And, and Dave, Dave was just, yep. We, we play, we try to play once a week. And um, I'm not very good at it. I just got to tell you, I'm not very good at it. In fact, I often tell people, I'm not sure you can call what I do golfing. It's that bad. But my mom and my stepdad, they are really good golfers. And my mom has always been a really good golfer. And she always reminds me, you know, no matter what you do, no matter how you play, it's your hobby. So do, do, do whatever you want, you know. That's not what she means when she says that. Please understand. I know that. She wants me to use my pitching wedge when I need to pitch it up onto the green instead of my seven iron like a putter, okay? But there are some tricks and some different things that we do, you know, when we're not good. Like, she's that good, you know. She's that good. But there's things that we can do to play and hobbies and, and it helps us manage the stress in our lives and it helps us put back into us some life-giving things, right? God has made us each different. Some people, you know, playing golf would drive them insane. They would rather work with wood and put things together and build things and make things. Managing the stress in our lives, 
Learning, and I loved this one when Pastor Jerry started this thing, learning to put on your oxygen mask first. Now, some of you know, I just got back from North Carolina. Uh, We went down and uh, had the honor and privilege to marry my son to my daughter-in-law. And um, so we flew to North Carolina. We came back last week. And I'm telling you, every single time they say it, it just seems so backwards to me. But I get it. When those oxygen masks drop down, please, even if you have children, please secure your own oxygen mask first. And why is that? Because if you don't, now they're going to have you and someone else and someone else who need help. And so if it's all spiritual, like Pastor Jerry has told us, and, and I believe it is, maybe we need to begin to look at this design for the purpose that we were created, which is to love God and love others. And maybe we need to put on our oxygen mask first. Maybe everything isn't just physical and spiritual. Maybe there's something more to it. You know, I said God is three in one, and that's been looked at different ways in the past. It's been explained many different ways. But there are parts to us, and I believe that we really need to sit up and pay attention Okay, there are some troubling studies that are now coming out on this side of the pandemic having to do with emotional and intellectual well-being. We have ignored that we are social beings. We have not done well to be social. I get it. We've maybe emphasized the physical too much. The other sides, when we do that, you know, things get out of balance. So I want us to consider today that, yes, we have a physical piece to us. You can see this part of me, right? But we also have a spiritual part of us, okay? You know, I really wished I could have made this slide a little bit better in that where all three of those things intersect, all three of those circles intersect, that's really me, Because I don't ever stop being physical, I don't ever stop being spiritual, and I don't stop being intellectual. And by intellectual, I'm talking about my mind, my will, and my emotions, right? There's a piece of us that thinks. The Bible tells us that God gave us a what? Not a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. That little phrase, sound mind, really, the the idea behind it means the ability to reason and think. God gave us that. We don't stop being that. We don't stop being intellectual to be physical or stop being physical to be spiritual. We are human beings. We are. Does that make sense? So we need to start looking at this. Now, there are moral choices that we face. Goes into the intellectual, but overlaps into the spiritual, right? There are amoral choices that we face. Those are intellectual. Do you know what I'm talking about? Whether you eat a tuna fish sandwich for lunch or a hamburger for lunch is an amoral choice. Neither one of those things is going to get you closer to heaven, right? Whether you paint your house pink, blue, purple, plaid, neither one of those things is going to get, none of that's going to get you closer to Jesus, right? Now, it may cause some issues between you and your neighbors. I was in a neighborhood one time and saw a Pepto-Bismol pink house. I am not kidding you. That thing stuck out. 
And I thought, oh, man, i got to pray for this person's neighbors. Dear Lord, please have mercy on the people who painted their house pink and give their neighbors extra grace to deal with it. Because that would hurt my eyes if I had to look at it every day. Right? But it's an amoral choice. It doesn't do anything to make you closer to Jesus or further away from sin. It's not a moral choice. That's our intellect. There are some things in this life that we're going to, you know, um, I could have wore a blue sweater today, but I wore a brown one. The point is, the moral part of that is, I wore clothes instead of standing up here in front of you with no clothing on, right? That would be a, an, a moral choice, not an amoral choice. Whether I wear blue or tan, that's amoral, okay? So we got to remember that there are parts of us that maybe don't always overlap into the spiritual or always overlap into the physical, but we don't stop being physical or spiritual just because we're being intellectual. We are. So early on in Christianity, remember there was this compartmentalization, material, non-material, human, divine, body, or spirit, and they tried to separate those things up. But then when they apply it to everyday living, it kind of didn't work. It just flat didn't work. So I'm going to suggest that we are three in one like God is three in one. Okay, and I'm going to use this model to think about today. Now, remember all the things that Pastor Jerry has talked about this last uh, several weeks about about taking care of ourself. We're going to add a few more things to it because as human beings, uh, we need to do a few more things here. And so uh, one of the things is I want you to embrace the gospel of sleep. I want you to think about this. I know. The closer I get to 50, the harder it is to get a good night's sleep. I'm telling you. Whoever has come up with this stuff that 40 is the new 20 and 60 is the new 40, um, you need to just call that out for what it is. It is a lie from the pit of hell. I'm just going to be frank. 60 is not the new 40. When I approached 40, my body said, huh, warranty's running out. Not kidding. But that's what it is. And the closer I get to 50, there are things that are happening in my body that I'm like not happy with. And I'm like, this is not fun. This is not good. Dr. Joe Gorman in his book, Healthy, Happy, Holy, that's what we've been basing this study on, says this. Sufficient sleep is directly related to spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Sound sleep improves energy, mood, immunity, productivity, and can promote weight loss, lead to a longer life, and even help prevent dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Guys, we need to get some sleep. We're, we're designed to sleep every day. I'm not just talking about Sabbath rest. Remember, Sabbath rest is when I stop my, my work that I normally do throughout the six days, and I just kind of don't worry about that stuff, right? That's Sabbath rest. But our bodies are designed to sleep every day. If you are, by the way, a Googler, I like to Google. I typed in these words, health benefits of sleep. And in 0.7 of one second, it returned me 936 million results of what I could look up on the health benefits of getting adequate sleep. 
Folks, it's not that we don't have enough information. It's not that we don't have enough, and Dr. Fred's going to shout amen here in a minute here, enough doctors telling us that we need to sleep. Right? We need to get good sleep. Sleep has such an effect on us positively or negatively on so many different things, not just our physical bodies, but on our intellectual and our spiritual capacities. Doesn't it just make good sense that we would start listening to our doctors and get good sleep? You know, I think it's the worldly culture around us. And remember, I said earlier in in this that when we go to make Jesus be Lord of our lives, we are now citizens of heaven and no longer citizens of this world. But this world has a culture that says if you rest, you're being lazy. And that's not true. It is flat, not true. God rested from his work on the seventh day. He has commanded us to rest one of seven days from our regular toils. And our bodies are designed to rest and sleep, which causes some rejuvenation, not just to our physical bodies, but for our spiritual, for our intellectual as well. So we need to embrace the gospel of sleep. We also need to strive to exercise regularly. And I know I'm going to meddle here, but I'm going to tell you something. This last July, I started feeling like there is something that I need to do that's more. And from my own personal experience, before we even started doing this sermon series and going through stuff for this sermon series, I began to get convicted because guess what? At the age of 48, I was having a hard time getting out of a recliner. That's tough for me to admit. I was having a hard time kicking the leg thing shut so that I could get my rear end up out of the chair. 48. That's not supposed to happen at 48. So I went down to the gym and I got me a trainer who really enjoys inflicting pain on people. I'm just going to, those trainer people, don't let them ever fool you. They may look nice. They may talk sweetly. But they're really about causing you pain. Because it does. It does. This idea of exercising regularly, I'm not talking about becoming an Olympic athlete. Do I look like? I don't look like an Olympic athlete. But I'll tell you now, I can get out of my recliner. I was able to get down on the floor and play with my grandkids. And here's the important part, get back up again without help. I know that sounds hilarious. But there are times when you get away from the coffee table and you have nothing to pull yourself up on. And when you're in front of your kids and your grandkids, you don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be doing that. I want to be able to get up. I don't want them. Oh, grandpa, let me help you up. I'm a young grandfather. This idea is not about becoming, you know, um, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to be built like him, you know? But hey, you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about moving around to whatever degree because you know what? Some people have physical limitations, there's a guy who, who goes to my gym, and he's usually there in the early after to mid-afternoons, and he has some limitations with his legs, but there are two things that he does with regularity. 
well, besides wave at everybody and tell them hi when they come by his bike. He sits at a recumbent bike and he pedals with his legs. And I mean, he pedals and he pedals and he pedals. His, his balance isn't that great. He has to hang on to the seat. But he pedals and he pedals. That's what he can do. And then the other thing is, he gets up to this other machine and um, he stands in front of it and it has pedals up here. And he takes his arms and hangs onto it and he pedals and he pedals and he pedals. That's what he can do. That's pretty much all he can do, I found out. Talked to him a couple of times over the summer. That's what he can do. What, what I'm trying to get at is that we can all do something to get a little bit of exercise, right? Probably been the downfall of my, most of my life. I have not been a physical person until this last July. I'm the guy who ordered the t-shirt off the internet that says, I wanted to go run. But Proverbs 28, 1 says, only the wicked run when no one is chasing them. I have to tell you that Pastor Jim Clifton up at Spokane Bethel has on more than one occasion explained to me that my dividing the word is incorrect in this case. He says, Dan, that is not good exegesis is what, is what it's called in theological circles, exegeting the, the meaning behind the scripture. Dan, this is not good. Dan, that is not a good interpretation of that scripture. That is not what the Bible is talking about, but there it is. Only the wicked run when no one is chasing them. Just to be fair, I, I don't run. I really don't. I will walk fast on a treadmill once in a while. But aside from that, I usually don't run. I just, I've never done that, you know. But I am now getting a little more exercise, right? Well, here's the third thing. Oh, whoops. I wanted to tell you what Joe Gorman said about this because he, he got it from John Wesley. And I know that um, with John Wesley, he really did write a lot more about health than I realized. His understanding of what it meant. And his purpose was, well, let me read this to you. For Wesley, health was a precondition for doing good. In other words, you and I, we can't go do good if our bodies are not physically able, right? We cannot go do good if our intellect is not intact. We cannot go do good if we are not connected, as Jesus said, if we are not connected to the Father through him, like the vine and the branches. Do you see where I'm going with some of this? Dr. Gorman goes on to say, in this sense, when we care for ourselves by nurturing our health, resting well, sleeping adequately, exercising regularly, and eating healthily, we nurture the life of God in us in both spirit and body. Think about that. When we do that, we are living into what it means to be human. So we're adding to what Pastor Jerry has already taught us in this series. We need to get adequate sleep. We need to get some sort of physical exercise. And lastly, we need to connect what we eat, our food with Christian discipleship. Now, I know there are a whole bunch of different things. I've even talked about it. If you followed the daily devotions, I've talked about the Daniel diet. I've talked about all sorts of different things, okay? 
And I have to tell you that eating right has eluded me most of all of my life. I have a mom and a, grand, a couple of grandmas who were great cooks. The first thing that I learned how to do was make chicken and dumplings. And I made it too much. Let me just tell you. I learned how to make biscuits and gravy or tomatoes and dumplings. Or one of my grandmothers taught me how to make real fried chicken. And you don't fry it in Crisco, folks. You fry it in lard. I'm telling you, it, it tastes so much better. It really does. But it does not do your body much better to do that, okay? So a couple years ago, the list, the list of food goes on. The, a couple years ago, Bobby and I got on this uh, idea that we wanted to live longer. And we wanted to get off of the medicines that we were taking. So I'm going to be a little transparent with you, okay? Um, at the time, I was in my early, I was in my mid-40s, about 40, let's see, I'm 48 now, so about 45, 44, and Bobby and I just decided we've got to do something. I was on five medications for blood pressure, okay? I took the maximum amount of glipicide and metformin for type 2 diabetes that I had been diagnosed with at about 43, 44. I was on the maximum amount of lovastatin, I think it is, one of those statin drugs for cholesterol. And we're not talking just the maximum amount for a 40-year-old adult. I was on like the maximum amount for cholesterol medication. I took a handful of pills in the morning and a handful of pills at night, putting chemicals in my body to fix them. Medicines are great. I don't have anything against medicine. I believe that everything that we have that does good for our bodies, I honestly believe God has given us that. The Bible tells us everything that is good comes from God, okay? When you need medicine, take medicine, okay? God gave us that ability to reason. Some people have found things out. I honestly believe that, but I thought at 45, 44, 45, I, I, I'm taking a little too much, right? And so Bobby and I began to make some changes, like Douglas said this morning. And um, we wanted to get healthier. We wanted to be able to grow up with our grandchildren, Okay. And if my kids are watching right now, wherever you are, I just want to tell you, Michael and Carissa, thank you for giving us two grandchildren, and the rest of you need to catch up. Well, they do. My pastor told me when I was a young adult that not killing your own children when they deserved it, that God's gift to you for not doing that was grandchildren. There were times I looked at my kids and I said, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of this world. Shape up. But I didn't kill them. Now I want my reward. I want grandchildren. You talk to Bobby about it, she'll tell you even more forcefully than I did. But I tell you all of that to tell you that we've been successful. Neither one of us are diabetic anymore. Did you know you can reverse type 2 diabetes? We had a doctor that worked with us that I'm so thankful for. 
I don't have high blood pressure anymore. High cholesterol, neither does Bobby. Now we take lots of vitamins <laughs> and fish oil pill and all those kinds of things. But it's not the chemicals anymore. Dr. Joe Gorman write this, wrote this, God cares about our health and the foods we eat because God cares about us. God created us to be healthy and whole people. We see God's love for us and for all creation and that God created food with amazing healing powers. When the body is given healthy, real, green, clean food, it can recover from and heal many of the diseases that currently afflict it. The food we eat is a kind of prayer for healing. As John Wesley puts it, all a Christian does, even in eating and sleeping, is prayer when it is done in simplicity according to the order of God. I believe that last little bit from John Wesley speaking about how we live our lives to include how we eat and sleep. How the physical side of us affects the intellectual and the spiritual, it's important. It's important. You know, it really, truly does help us to understand that as human beings, we never stop being all three. In everything that we say, in everything that we do. So now what do we do with all of that? Well, we create what's called a rule of life. Jesus said this, you heard it earlier today. He says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some of the different uh, translations talk about um, living life abundantly. This rule of life, what is a rule of life? Well, it's a schedule and set of practices that help us find a rhythm to live by. When we take these things into account and we take care of our physical bodies, how does that help us when we are reaching out spiritually and emotionally? We've been telling everybody to take care We've been talking about soul care. John Wesley called it soul therapy. But really what it comes down to is a balanced, healthy rule of life. If I spent eight hours a day at the gym and didn't take time to read my Bible, I'd be out of balance. I may have a physically healthy body, but what about my spirit and my intellect? If I take time to just pray all day, eight hours a day here at this altar... I didn't take time to eat. I didn't take time to drink my water. I didn't take time to, to spend time with someone else. And all I did was pray, where would my intellect and my physical body be? Where would all of that, what would all of that do? How would that make me be able to love God and love others the way that God needs me to for his kingdom? We are. We balance the practices of Sabbath rest, managing stress, renewing our minds, filling our emotional reservoirs, getting restorative sleep, physical exercise, eating healthily. 
These are all things that are going to help us live into the design that he intended in the beginning when he created Adam and Eve. I don't know if you know this or not, but go back and read those first couple of chapters and you'll notice something. In the cool of the evening, God walked in the garden. He didn't just stand around and talk to somebody. He actually walked with them in the garden. There was physical activity in the Garden of Eden. And I want to leave you with this quote uh, from Dr. Gorman from his book, Healthy, Happy, Holy. He says, a rule of life supports the formation of life-giving habits. Habits are like seeds that we plant in the soil of our lives. And he goes on to remind us that in, the, in, in Galatians, Paul tells the church they're going to reap what they sow. And we often say it, we often say it to our friends. We tell them, take care. But do we take time to listen? Because self-care is not selfishness. Self-care is soul care. And before you and I go out those doors, before we go and we try to care for others, we need to remember that there is some care we need to do for ourselves. Love yourself the way God intended you to. Care for yourself. Because healthy people love and serve. Healthy people are strong and alert. They are resilient. And soul care is learning. And it's the beginning of taking care of others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for this time that you have had together. And God, many of us have been on this journey of, of doing as much as we can for the kingdom of God, doing as much as we can for others. And we have forgotten about ourselves. And that's not how you designed this to work. Jesus, you told us that we are to love God with all of our muchness, every bit of everything that we are. And we are to love others as we love ourselves. And Jesus, I'm sorry, but we oftentimes fall short of taking care of ourselves. And for that, we need to ask for forgiveness today. Lord God, I have not been a good steward of my physical body. And sometimes I have not been a good steward of my intellectual, the, the part of me that is intellectual. And there are times when I have not been a good steward of the spirit that you have given me. And so, Father God, today, I want to turn away from that. I want to repent from that. Lord God, I want to live into the person that you have created me to be, the person you designed me to be. Lord God, as we step out today, Father God, help us, Lord God. Guide us, direct us, send your Holy Spirit to do that deeper work within us, to guide us and direct us on a path that will enable us to serve you in your kingdom to the fullest potential, to the best of your design. Lord God, that's what we want to do. Help us to be stewards of what you have given us. Guide us and direct us in this. 
Give each and every one of us clarity in what we need to do so that we can serve you in your kingdom, so that we can love others as you need us to love them. Lord God, help us remember that since you are the one who have called us to this, that you are faithful to help live it out. We're not alone. Not only do we have each other here, but we have you to guide us, to direct us. And Lord, that's what we need today. Father, we pray all of this to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Amen.